Hi guys, and welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I'm so excited to have truly one of my greatest pals here with me today, live from Los Angeles, California, Danielle Arasha. Woo! Hello! Welcome! <laughs> Thanks! I'm very excited to be here. I'm the biggest Jordan fan ever, and I love this podcast. I love you, and I'm so excited to have you here because we are going to talk all about your job in the music industry, which is so exciting and cool. Danielle is one of the coolest people that I know personally. Um, you're probably I'm one not. of my... You really are. You're really one of the coolest people that I know, and I'm just so lucky that you even want to I be mean, my surely friend. Surely there are cooler people in this world. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, mean, I don't know her personally. I don't know her personally. No. Is no. the difference. That's I don't very know her kind personally. of you, Jordan. I think you're the coolest person. I show off, like, I always show off your videos and, you know, what you do at Food Network and this podcast all the time Thank to you. every single person I know. Thank you. Every time I start a story, it starts off with my friend Daniela. <laughs> People in my office are like, can you shut up about Daniela? I'm like, no, I can't. I really can't. Okay, anyways, so Daniela, let's just jump right into it. Let's get started because okay. we have somewhere to be. It is Shabbos and like we have got to go. It's to, my first. It's Daniela's first Shabbat and it's Friday and it's 540 and like we got to get in the car and go to my aunt's house soon. So let's do this. <laughs> first, why don't you just tell us what it is exactly that you do, where you work and like just give us like your general spiel for what your job is. Um, so I work in music publishing on the A&R sort of creative side of it. Um, and music publishing basically has everything to do with songs and song rights specifically. So not necessarily artists or marketing or whatever. It's it's everything that has to do with the song. So on the A&R side, um, I basically look for new talent, so new songwriters, new producers, um, and a lot of times songwriters are also artists. Yeah, I find songwriters, producers, artists, I sign them, and what that means in publishing, um, especially with like a co-publishing, I mean there's a ton of different types of deals and we won't get into that, but um, with co-publishing we basically take 50% of their publishing, which is their song rights. So Got not it. to be confused with like a label that takes their master rights, which is the actual sound recording, what you hear. Mm -hmm. um, song rights in terms of publishing is like the the notes, how Got it's it. written, the lyrics, the mm -hmm. melody of the song. Like the, the sheet music. The sheet music, yeah, exactly. So that's what we represent. Wait, did you say where you worked? You oh my god, I... <laughs> She works in music publishing at... I work at Rock Nation, um, oh, which wow. is a um, cool full-service entertainment company. It's founded by Jay-Z. Uh, it's really cool. We do management, label, publishing, randomly have sports, too. Um, and then on top of that, one of our partner companies is a great management company called G Major. Their number one client is Thomas Rhett, and so I basically run his publishing company called Home Team Publishing out of Nashville. So I spend my time um, split between LA and Nashville. And she's always doing really cool things like going to shows and hanging out with Thomas Rhett. <laughs> and it's really cool. I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, wait. So I want to ask you some things about publishing mm -hmm. and stuff and A&R, but like maybe these are your secrets. So like if they are your <clears throat> secrets, let me know and you don't have to answer them. Okay. But like how do you find people? It honestly depends. When I was an intern, I the most popular thing would be to go on SoundCloud or even mm -hmm. YouTube. SoundCloud was so big back in the day. It's kind of 
not as relevant anymore, unfortunately, but basically it would be, you know, you'd see like a random new artist that would show up or, you know, I had a friend who like liked a bunch of new artists, whatever it was, like however you discover new music, it was just kind of like, they'd show up. Or a lot of times what I would do is I'd find a song that I was really into that isn't necessarily like a major label artist or whatever, and I would look into their song credits on, which you can find on Spotify, Mm -hmm. but originally it was only Tidal that had it, or if they happen to have like a Wikipedia page, you can see who wrote the song and I'd look at the song credits and um I would see who produced and who wrote the songs yeah so a lot of times it's not the actual artist who's writing Mm -hmm. them a lot of times they do write them with other people so yeah um, there's a whole world of like songwriters out there who aren't performers but they write the songs and sell the songs to artists totally and those people are like rock stars to Mm -hmm. me I like fan I don't fangirl a lot over artists but like when I see a songwriter when I see a producer then I'm like oh my god he wrote this song or she wrote this song it's like the best feeling ever I actually like didn't really think about that at all before I like became friends with you and like other people who you're friends with who work in music but like ever since we met now whenever I like a song I look at who wrote it yeah and like who produced it because I feel like they wrote it like they are the ones who came up with the ideas they're the ones that are actually putting this message out there. Mm -hmm. So now it's something that I look at every single time. Yeah, and it's the same structure as, like, a TV writer. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not the actors that write their material unless they're improvising. It's They have screenwriters that write for TV shows, and the only difference is why they're more prevalent is because whenever you're watching a TV show, you'll see their names. You'll see the names of the writers. So they get their credit, and it's more visible than in music where you have to actually go seek out the credit. It's not like in the beginning of the song they say, like, performed by Taylor Swift, (laughs) written by Taylor Swift. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Okay, so now I would love to hear maybe just, like, a rundown of what it is you do every day at work when you're in the office, because I'm sure a lot of your time is spent, like, listening to songs and, like, pitching artists, but I feel like you probably do other stuff, too. Yeah, so, okay, the basic things that I have to do for my job is obviously there's, like, the scouting part part which we already covered is looking for new riders and whatever and then the second part of it is once I have people signed to me I basically pair them with other producers other songwriters and they create little song babies so I spend a lot of my time coming up with different pairings and scheduling those pairings and um it's honestly like a lot of soliciting too because it's like you know I want them to work with the best of the best and it's like they have no idea who they are sometimes or vice versa you know because I have some you know really successful people that I work with I'm very lucky to work with um so it's a lot of that doing meetings kind of um going out and I hate the word networking but that's super important because it's like it's such a small community that you know we're able to get pretty friendly but you know it's so important it's so important like if somebody is trying to get their new writer to work with one of my older established writers I mean nine times out of ten I'm probably going to respond to the person who who I know and who I recognize rather than somebody who's like cold emailing me it's like they always say it's who you know, and it I feel is. like in music, it's, like, more relevant than any, any, like, um, John. It's so true. Any Any field. career, any field. Yeah. Any field. It's, yeah, it's very accurate, and we had, um, Jordan and I went to school to college with each other, FYI. <laughs> One of the classes, um, that I took at Syracuse, go orange, 
um, one of the guys said, your network is your net worth, which is probably, oh, it's like, it's money. very, it's honestly pretty douchey, but. It's true. It's really accurate. Yeah. Because, like, even despite outside of the music industry, knowing people and, like, making connections, like, if you ever get, like, if any of you guys out there are looking for an internship or, like, looking to switch jobs, like, the first people that you should reach out to are people that you know. Instead yeah. of just, like, sending your email or your resume into an abyss, like, just, like, sending a song into Daniela's abyss is, like, yeah. not that productive. Totally. It's the same thing. No, a thousand percent. Okay, so you pair people up. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, continue the rest of my day. Yeah. Um... They make little song babies, and then they'll send me their songs. Um, I upload them to our little library, and then I like to write down all the information, who wrote it. I like to describe my songs. It's, like, a little extra thing that I do. So I have these, like, little notes that nobody will ever understand, but I will. I'll be like, this sounds like I'm on a cloud, (laughs) you know, like, just random tagging the songs. And then... Um, I'll try to think of who I can send these songs to if these songs aren't written with an artist, if it's just like a, a, you know, pretty casual demo. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh my god, I know that Selena Gomez is working on a new album. I think she could kill this song. Um, Let me send it to her A&R or let me send it to her manager or even her if I I knew her. I don't, but, (laughs) you know, just I try to get the song to as many people who are, who are, you know, in that person's yeah. camp as possible, um, so just you, so they can hear the song. So if you did that, and you, like, sent a song to Selena Gomez, and then she recorded mm-hmm. it, yeah. what, like, credit would you get for that? Would I, you be credited on the credit song? would be that she did a good job. Cool. Yeah, no, nice. that's literally my job. Okay. That's my job. So I don't really have, yeah, any credits or anything on the album. Um, if I were her label, I know I'd get a point, but... <laughs> what do you mean a point? Just a like point a gold her, star? A point on her master royalties. Oh, so every, what does yeah. that mean? Um, basically, when you're recording an album, you have, you know, there's a master royalty, and it's basically cut and divided into several different, you know, people that were involved in the record. So, like, the label will take a percentage that they own, okay. right? And then the artist will always have a percentage, no matter what. I mean, unless you sign a really bad contract, but that doesn't really we exist can dis- anymore. We can discuss. We can discuss, but that doesn't really exist anymore. But an artist will always get some. And for a specific song, a producer will always get a point for okay. master royalties um, because they're involved in creating the sound recording. Got it. Um, and then um, a lot of times label A&Rs also get a point for... So when sound. you get a point, like, what does that equate to? It's basically, like, it's a royalty. Oh, so okay. every single time... So like you the own part of the song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a part of your intellectual property. Cool, man. Um, yeah, but I... Do you have that. any points? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I... If only... One I day you'll have all the... You'll have a hundred Or managers, points. too, sometimes take points. Yeah. How did you day. decide what, like, part of music you wanted to be in? Um, I've always been really into... Like, music was my passion when I was younger. I would, you know, I played the piano. I could, you know, sing on key. Um, and I was just super, super into it. And I would always just get this, like, crazy, warm and fuzzy feeling inside when I'd be listening to to music. And, you know, there's several different things that you can do in the music industry. But when I learned about publishing, it truly is all about the song. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like the best about the music industry it's not trying to sell a product I'm not out here trying to get people to download a song I'm in there like really 
early, early on when a song sounds like, you know, if there's no track behind it, it's just like somebody recording you a like little... You have to see the magic and everything. Right, song. like it's somebody, somebody recording a little voice memo and saying like, this could be pretty cool, sending it to me, and then I'll be like, you should hook up with this producer and, you know, and this writer who can finish the song. And then it just kind of turns into the part of of the music industry that I love the most, which is actually the music. Yeah. You know? Cool. Did you ever consider, like, any another role in music? I mean, honestly, I, I did management. We can get into my background later, but um, I did management, and I could never do it unless it's somebody that I am insanely, insanely passionate about. Yeah. Because your um, whole life is like them. It's literally a marriage. Like, yeah. you will have to respond to their texts, like, over your spouse and over your family like it is truly like you are in charge of their entire careers yeah it's a very very hard job and I I don't envy managers and I have a lot of respect for them but um maybe maybe label A&R um that's like kind of the natural next so like what's the difference between what you do in A&R and a label A&R so what I do is I receive I work with the producers and the songwriters I represent them and a Got label it. A&R is representing an artist that's signed to his label. Got it. So, um, you know, I don't know why I keep using Selena Gomez. As well, let's say oh, like Thomas okay. Rhett. Oh, yeah, Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Thomas Rhett's A&R, at Big, he signed to Big Machine, and his A&R is named Allison Jones, and she is a badass. She's the best. <laughs> Shout out to Allison Jones. Um, so she, when it comes time to him putting out an album, he obviously writes his, his own songs, but sometimes, you know, she'll hear a song and it's like, TR, you would crush this. Got it. So if you worked on a label, like, you'd be matched with, you'd be paired with an artist, and you would mm-hmm. be, like, you would pitch the songs to them. So a lot of times, the A&Rs at labels are the ones that find the artists. So they're okay, in charge okay, of okay. scouting the artists, so then it'll always be theirs. Got it. Um, and then they get paired with, like, product managers and in, 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 in marketing and Got digital it. people and whatever. Okay, so cool. So you're, you're normally the first person to contact the artist. Got it. So you're kind of like... They're the, bringing them into the label. Well, what it means is artist and repertoire. So it's you're the liaison between the artist and the label. And then right. in my instance is I'm the liaison between the artist, writer, producer, whatever, and the publishing company. Got it. Okay, cool. I feel like that's actually pretty clear. Yeah. Because I feel I like, because so. Daniela was a little bit concerned about explaining her job, because f- it can be confusing, and yeah. it's, I feel like the music industry is very mysterious to a lot of people, yeah. so it could have been hard to understand, but if you guys have any additional questions, like, let us know, and yeah, we can I, try to answer them more thoroughly for you. I can definitely answer them. Okay, perfect. We can do a part two. Yes, yeah, so we can do a part two, or you can just, like, DM Daniela, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, we'll plug your Instagram at the end. But now let's get into where you started, Syracuse, Bandier, get into that whole spiel. Yes. Because I feel like Bandier is such a part of your story and like it's such an yes. interesting thing and it's so special. So let's it get is. into it. It's very special. Um, to be honest. She went to Syracuse University. Yeah. She was in the Bandier program. <laughs> I was in the Bandier program. It was the best program ever. Highly recommend if you need, if you want to be in the music industry. And I'm saying like if you are for sure going to be in the music industry because it's kind of a waste if you're not yeah. going to be. It's like pretty much all music all yeah. the time. Um, highly, highly recommend. It's 25 kids each year. It's now in Newhouse, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, and it's like a little family. It's it's amazing, and we we got we have a business degree, but it's geared towards the music industry. Yeah, 
No, Bandir was um, really cool. I didn't become friends with Daniela <laughs> until senior year when we were in Los Angeles together, which I've yes. spoken about on the podcast before because Lauren was also in our um, program with us, and we actually discussed on her episode of the podcast how the only people in L.A. were TRF, which was me and Lauren's major, yes. and Bandir kids. So, weirdly, like, me and Lauren and our other friend Bess gravitated, like, a lot towards the Bandier kids, so we just, like, ended up becoming really good friends, and it was honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was truly the greatest thing. No, like, it was the best thing ever, because now, still to this day, like, two of my best friends are from that, so it's I feel like we're kind of, like, soulmates. No, we really are. It was meant to be. It was truly meant to be. And I tell Danielle a lot that it makes me really sad that I wasn't friends with you guys before senior year. Me too. Because it just, like, think of all the good times we could have had together. I know, but we have so much ahead. I know, but then I think, like, what if, like, we met and we hated each other and then we, like, never gave each other a real shot? Like, it was perfect timing. I know it was. It truly was. Because I was in classes with, like, Will, and we weren't friends. That's crazy to me. we weren't friends. I can't believe it. And you know what's crazy is, so basically she was friends with our guy friends before me, and they all had classes together. Wait, we were not friends. You weren't friends, but you met them before me. Nuh-uh. Yes, you guys had... Junior year? Yes. You were not friends with them... No, but Freshman you had. Year? You had. I'm saying you had classes with them junior year. Oh, yeah. oh my God! I met them before I met you. That's what I'm saying, Daniela. I thought you said that I met them before you met them. No, I was like that's just a complete lie. No. Yes, no. I met those guys, their guy friends, before I met Daniela. Yeah. So in Bandier, you pretty much have you take the same classes as all your classmates. It's like this. You have right. the same requirements, but we had different. You know, you, 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 all, you all know how college works. You have different schedules. You have or different whatever. schedules. So we all took the same classes, but I took mine like an hour after they took this one class that Jordan was also uh, in. If only you had been there one hour before, we could I have had know. a whole extra year of friendship. I like to sleep in. What can I say? And then also to top it all off. Daniela, this is really going off topic here, but to top it all off, Daniela also graduated early, so after LA, she didn't even come back to Syracuse with me, so we had, like, a very, like, light friendship, Mm -hmm. and then literally all of a sudden, we became best friends. I don't even know what it was. I mean, it was definitely Taylor Swift and the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, for sure. I think that, like, I love everyone in the Bandier program, like, we're definitely family, but there wasn't a single person that I could, like, fully be myself around oh my god I'm gonna cry like I can be with Jordan really are like our truest selves with each other so yes. it's really fun okay anyway so she's in Bandier it was a beautiful program beautiful time okay. taught her everything she needed to know about music it's like a crash course in music industry yeah yeah I'm four years but but yes, like but like your whole course. college career is focused on that yeah there's like you know a ton of different like terms that are used in the music industry and different like you know like our law would be specific to, like, music law and contracts and stuff like that. It was super, super helpful, and it definitely, I feel like I was a bit more ahead because these are things that you just kind of figure out on the job. Yeah, and then you graduate, and also I feel like all of your, all of the years are super close. Like, it's not even, like, you know, all the 20, class of 2017 is close and class of 2016 is close. Like, everyone in the Bandier program knows each other. So then when you graduate, you literally have a network of people who are in the music industry, which is really helpful. Totally. Okay, but do you want to know the crazy story of how I got my job? Yeah. It's actually genuinely wild Wait, but I want to start with your first internship. Well, that's... This is it. This is it. Okay, great. This is the story. Let's go for it. What year? So let's rewind back to before I entered college. Oh, wow. Okay, let's do it. This is going to be a wild ride of a story, I can tell. It is wild. 
So I'm a first generation American. And I like to say that because a lot of people that are from Los Angeles just kind of assume that, you know, you have family in the industry and you have connections Mm. and whatever. I had none. I had zero connections. My parents still don't even know what I do. Like, they just don't understand. So when I was able to see some sort of connection, I was like, oh my God, this is my in. This is my in. Mm -hmm. How old were you? So you were like I was 17. Well, actually, no, this happened when I was 16. Um, I was babysitting these twin girls, um, shout out to my first job, um, (laughs) and, um, it was the same night as my high school's, um, fundraiser, and basically, in the fundraiser, everyone had, like, this $25 entry fee, and it was an entry fee, which included a raffle ticket, and there was this huge prize at the end. I had no idea what it was. So my mom was at this thing, and then a few hours into me babysitting, I get, like, frantic phone calls from my friends. And they're like, your mom won the huge prize. Ooh, how exciting. Like a raffle. And I was like, oh, that's great. Sick. Like, (laughs) cool. And the prize was to meet Jay-Z. What? (laughs) What high school did you go to? That's incredible. Um, Basically, his nephew... I guess was a student okay, cool. at the school, but he was like an elementary school and donated this prize. And my mom happened to like randomly win That's it. That's insane. And she calls me and she's like, yes, uh, you got the meet Jay-Z schmazy. I don't know who this is. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, sick. That's amazing. I was super, super excited. So his assistant calls me a few days later and is like, so... Um, we're really excited to have you um, come meet him. He's super excited, too. Like, you should come on set. He's filming a music video with Kanye West. Oh, my like, need to come. God. I was like, to his assistant, I was like, wow, that sounds really amazing. I would love to come. However, is it possible that I get an internship instead? <gasps> Shut up. I swear to God. You are such a boss. Are you effing I kidding me? I was like, literally 16, 17. Yeah. And she's <gasps> like... Um, uh, oh, okay, uh, sure. I'm sure we can do that. Like, I don't want to meet Jay-Z. I just want an internship yeah. at Rock Nation. That was my in. Yeah, no, that's in- fucking incredible. So I basically did it Who are you? Why are I you amazing? I, I'm not. I actually think about shit that I did when I was, like, 15 and 16, and I'm like, I could never do that now. Well, Who the fuck I did I think I, I honestly was? feel like I was shameless. I don't know. Like, I didn't have as much. Like, you don't now have I'm, as much baggage. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm more conscious about how I present myself and, like, the things that I say. I'm yeah. very careful with how I speak to people. But, like, back then, it was just kind of like, you're young. But it's also you because, like, if you're 24 and say something, like, out of line, yeah. people are like, she's an adult. Like, why is she saying that? But if you say something, like, a little bit weird and someone, not weird, but if you say something and someone happens to take it wrong when you're 15, you're like, well, she's a kid. Yeah, she's a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, so she was like, yeah, we can we can make that happen. And then it was, like, during one of the random, like, my spring break or something, um, my junior year. So, yeah, I was like. All I can think is that your just mom must 17. have been so proud of you. Like, if I did that, my mom would be like, Jordan, you are such a boss-ass bitch. She is so proud of me now. <laughs> but before, she's just like, I don't know, it's. It wasn't, it wasn't a career that she knew Well, not existed. even to get into music, but just to, like, put yourself yeah. out there and, like, yeah. have the, had, for you to have enough confidence to just she say was. what you want. Like, that's so awesome to, like, see your daughter do that. She was, for sure. And she, she was proud of how I was kind of... Fearless. Yeah, I was fearless and I was really, like, 
willing to do whatever it took to have an in. Yeah. Okay, so you got the internship. Yeah, so I, yeah, I got the internship, and it was during spring break. I had just turned 17, and um, I basically, like, I was paired with one person every single day. Um, one of them was, um, Heim's old manager. So I, like, knew them. They had one song out forever. goddamn love Heim. They were opening up for Twin Shadow, and I worked that show. I don't even know what Twin Shadow is. Exactly. I love Heim. I mean, he's really great. You should check him out. But, um, they were opening up for Twin Shadow at the Fonda. Um. I love them. I remember telling everyone at school, so you have to check out this cool new girl group. Because they are. They're so cool. They were so cool. Yeah. Um, and then one of them was to be in, like, the recording studio with the A&R. And he was Rihanna's A&R. And she was recording the Unapologetic album. How are you real? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, like, pinch myself every single It's insane. Day. It's effing insane. But pretty much what the A&R did was he played three songs, and he was like, which one was the best one? And I picked the, like, my favorite, and he was like, good job. That's the one that's going to be on her album. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Um, you just have to have an ear for it. You have was, to have the, the ear for it. The song called What Now on Unapologetic. You can li- check it I'm out. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it on our way to Shabbos. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... So, oh, so, oh yeah, sorry. Um, that was like a week long thing, which is five days in working world terms. Um, so you had the internship for one week. I had it for one week. That's okay. it. Okay. Cool, um, cute. but I kept in touch with, um, the, our CEO's assistant, Jay's assistant, Jay Brown, not Jay-Z. Um, um, and I kept in touch and then after freshman year, basically in the band year program, you're required to have three internships before you graduate. And I reached back out to the assistant, and I was like, hey, um, I'd really love to actually have a real internship this time. I know I had the best five days with you guys, but, like, I actually need an internship now. So, like, yeah. can we do this? And she was like, oh, my God, absolutely. So I got very lucky in that. Well, I think because how could they forget you? Like, that's such a memorable thing I know, to take something very... that's literally nothing, like a raffle win at a high school, which is insane. Like, they couldn't not forget you. Like, you made yourself... Right, and memorable have- in that moment, unforgettable. You made yourself unforgettable, Daniela. How does that feel? <laughs> we love that song. <laughs> we love that song. <laughs> and I did, I did try really hard. Like they barely gave me any work to do because it was like one day with each person, so it was right. like you know, it wasn't that crazy. But you know, I tried really hard, so I think they appreciated that. So after freshman year, I came back to LA, did the internship. Because um, Daniela's from LA. I'm right, from said L- that. Yes, said I'm that. born and raised here. Yeah. Um, I did the internship, and I was paired with this woman named Damo. Damo ran the creative side of the publishing division, and I was actually paired with two people. I was paired with a manager, and I was paired with Damo in publishing, and the manager happened to be on tour all summer, so I never saw him. Okay. Um, and Damo became my mentor. I, till this day, owe everything to this woman. She's incredible. Um, If I could give any advice, it'd be to find yourself a mentor, especially if you're a woman, to find another woman who's, like, a boss is, like, it's everything. Yeah. And um, she was running the publishing department basically on her own, at least the creative side. And she taught me everything that I knew. And she made me fall in love with this department. Yeah. And um, I basically owe everything to her. And um, I went back to school uh, my sophomore year in Syracuse, I started working at the radio station. So I kept myself busy during um, the school year. And um, 
when it came time to the summer of sophomore year, um, my boss actually reached back out to me. Oh, nice. And said, hey, is there any way you can intern with us again? She started managing somebody and needed extra hands. And she said that she would pay me. And I was Ooh. like, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because getting a paid internship is so rare. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it is in music, but in TV, it's like, it's like I only got paid my second internship. I got paid. No, it's yeah. literally non-existent. It's, it's so crazy. rare. It's like a diamond in the rough. Um, so I came back and she started managing somebody on top of doing publishing. So I knew publishing like the back of my hand. Like I was a glorified coordinator. I was scheduling all the sessions, giving her ideas. Um, and I would just do things that she wouldn't even ask me to do just yeah. to like make her life easier. And I think that's it's also so something that helped. Um, she came up to me the other day cause she still works at the company and she's like, you ruined it. You ruined it for me. I was like, what? She's like, I just fired another intern. Oh my <laughs> like, God. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kids. I think they're like doing everything right. And it's like, I no, know. but actually I really have to say that I have seen such a difference in the way I've, in the way that I thought I acted as an intern. I don't know for a fact because I obviously was me. I thought I was doing a great job. And what interns do now. Like, yeah. I really, really think that there has been a disconnect between when we were interning mm-hmm. and kids in college interning now. So if you are interning now or you have friends that are interning, like, tell them to listen to this podcast because every, in- like, most of the interns we've had or I've seen in the past have been like, what has happened yeah. to the interns? It's what crazy. has happened? It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But you need to make yourself, like, indispensable. Yeah, you need to make yourself invaluable to the, to these people. Yeah. But also to. in a way that's not, like, annoying. Yeah. No, I know. It's, like, such a delicate dance. But, like, you need to... Yeah, what you said. No, it has. It, it is weird. You have to, like, feel the vibe of your team and, like, yeah. what's going on in the office to you figure out... You can't be annoying. Ex- you need to be able to, like, understand social cues yeah. and... Yeah, it's, it's it is a delicate dance, but it's once you delicate. figure it out, like then you know that you're like. In the but also, place. just do a good job, and yes. like and care, just care about. And what there you're doing. are such thing as stupid questions. I'm sorry, <laughs> but there are. Question. But also, like I never asked a lot but of also, questions. Like, and also, like you can. Google I would just it. Google it. That's the thing is, yeah. if you can Google a question, then Google it. Yeah. And then if you can't figure it out, then you ask. No, the like question. totally Google it first. That's what I'm. That's my when it, when, one it, when it comes to like a specific skill or like something that you can Google, yes, obviously exactly, Google it. Exactly. But like if it comes to a more no, like if, idea if a, based question. Yeah, yeah. If there's like a very specific question about the company or like how do you like things or how do you like to do the, whatever, totally yeah. ask questions. And also I feel like in music. Don't be afraid. But like yeah. if you can Google it, just. Yeah, Google just Google it. it. Because the music industry is so fast paced, there's like time is money. So like why would I want to waste my time answering your kind of stupid question? Yeah. Yeah. I'm controversial. What can I say? <laughs> I told my internet too. I was like, well, then she, I was at like, least stop. Here she knows. Yeah, I was like, you know, there are there are such things as stupid questions, and sometimes if you can Google something, like Google it. Yeah. Just Google it. I'm sure he appreciated that. Um. Okay. So sophomore year, she started managing, and so I started helping on the management side. So I kind of learned that skill um, on top of doing what I did last year. And, um, that was, that was super, super helpful. Um, especially for when I got hired. Um, and I learned how to tour manage. I learned how to, um, 
just do so, so much. And I was able to like meet all different types of people who I would never have met if I, you know, had stuck around in publishing, like agents mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, so then junior year rolls around and this is, um, this is the last year of the internship. Right. Before the big, the big J, the job. The big J-O-B. <laughs> the big J-O-B. Um, and she asked for me to come back again. My God, you're just like a lucky son of a gun. And she's like, I'll pay you. And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> so, but I feel like you're, you're just so special and you obviously have such a passion for this that like you were a great intern and they remembered you. I also got very lucky in that I learned something new every single summer. So freshman year it was publishing, sophomore year it was managing, and then junior year she joined the label. Okay. So then I started doing label A&R. So now I know how to do that as well. On top of that internship, I also did another one that also happened to be paid. I'm just very lucky. Wait, where was that? Um, that was at, I don't know if it still exists, but it was a super startup um, music licensing company. Oh, cool. Called College Band, which they would basically take songs from college bands that, like, don't exist anymore. Um, and he was, like, an Ivy League grad. So, like, we started with Ivy League schools, and we'd, like, sign their old bands and, like, pitch them to different music supervisors for, like, TV and film. That's cool. Um, so it was, like, all old bands, and basically it would be, like, acquiring back catalogs. Got it. People that are, like, all dentists and doctors and whatever now. That's cool. Um, I feel like that's also a really good experience to have that, like, startup stuff as well. Like, it's, that's always good to learn. Two people worked there. Oh and then experience. me, and then this other intern. And the other yeah. intern also interned with me at Rock Nation. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. So we did that. Um, that was great. And um, my summer happened to bleed into the first semester because, like Jordan said, we did the L.A. semester our junior uh, senior, senior year. year. And I graduated early in December, and my last class. Because um, we also had to have an internship with the program. Yeah. That was, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I graduated early and my boss, our CEO, Jay Brown, um, basically goes, I'm going to hire you kid. And I was like, what? Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Um, and so I go to my last ever class of college in December with a a job, with a job. And it was the night of our Christmas party and it was a presentation and I did the presentation, literally dropped the mic and went straight to our Christmas party. It's so fun. So fun. It's so it fun. It happened to be at the Sire house. <laughs> was it really? No. Oh my <laughs> fuck. That would have been amazing. It was at the nice guy. Oh nice. No. It was at the no- the I nice guy. The nice guy? <laughs> yeah. I can't do it in Australian accent. I can only say yeah. Sire house. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. So I got my job, however, however, because because the universe is fair. It wasn't in A&R. It wasn't in publishing. It wasn't in label. It was in management. And I worked for two managers. I was their assistant. Okay. One of the managers had moved to Nashville recently, and all of his acts were based in L.A. except for one. So I was their day-to-day mm-hmm. manager. And then I had a brand-new manager. People always ask what I had to do in management, and it's like, it's everything. I had to do everything. Okay, so now I want to hear how you moved in from being an assistant to your current position. So I was an assistant. I was miserable. It was two years. It was horrible. We had a new president of management come in and he basically was like, you're wasting your time working with these guys. Not that they were bad or anything. He was just like, you can do so much more. Um, And he saw that in me, which I'm super grateful for. Um, Shout out to Phil McIntyre. 
Um, Shut up. I can't. I cannot. Like, there's tears streaming from my face. I can't. He's the best. He manages the Jonas Brothers. That's why Jordan is hyperventilating right now. Um, And he put me in with another one of his clients. And um, so Phil basically put me on another client named Demi Lovato. (laughs) Um, Do you see why she's the coolest person that I know? Like, stop it. So I was doing day-to-day on her, and it was it was two years ago now, I think, right? We were working as an yeah. assistant for two years. Yeah. So, so it was last year. So it was last year. And um, I basically was, like, her new day-to-day or whatever it was. I was helping the manager. And in July, I got a call from the guy who had taken over publishing and was like, you should just take my job. I'm leaving. I got a job with Max Martin. Um, you should take my job. Who's a songwriter. Who's a songwriter, and he has his own company, and he's amazing, and he's probably the best ever songwriter mm-hmm. to exist. Yeah. Um, other than the Beatles. Paul okay. 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 Yeah. Um, we digress. We digress. But, um, yeah, he was like, why don't you just take my job? And I was like, I would absolutely love to. <laughs> That's a great... Wait, he was the head of publishing? No, he was, like, in charge of A&R. So there's a head of publishing, and she does, like, all of our deals and whatever, business affairs. And then there's one person that does creative. And that was and Sky Linus. And now it's me. Whoa. Well, there's another guy that does it on the Rock Nation side, and then I run TR's company. Got it, so got it's, it. Yeah, it's pretty much just me. That's insane. Yeah. So I he ended up leaving. I took over his job, and it was the best decision I ever made. I signed my first um, client in... January, um, which I, I had accepted the gig in, like, top of August. Wow. And then in January, I signed my first um, client, and... Um, Can you say who it is? Yeah, his name is Jeff Shum. He's amazing. He used to work at the Apple Store. Cute! Um, he's so talented. Is he he's, a songwriter? He's a producer. Okay. He's brilliant. He's a little genius. He has um, a few songs out that you might know. Do you want me to tell them? Yeah. Okay, cool. He wrote... Um, he wrote Concentrate and Hitchhiker by Demi Lovato. Oh. He did um, Everything by LMA featuring John Legend. He did the song Hot by Dodger um, with Mark Ronson, which was on Euphoria. Um, he has a song coming out on December 6th called This Love by Camila Cabello. And, you know, hopefully has a few on the next Rihanna That's project. so exciting! So, yeah, he was my first signing. It was in January of this year. I signed a few people since then. Um, it's been super exciting. And then in February of this year is kind of when I took that, um, took the Thomas Red opportunity. Right. Which, that's also uh, a funny story. How did that happen? So... When I, TBT to when I was an assistant, I would sit on the second floor because I don't have a desk. And she still doesn't have I a desk. I still don't have a desk. I have an office in Nashville, but I don't have a desk in LA. It's just the way the Like, I visited Danielle at her office the other day. She was, like, on, on the roof. roof. Yeah. It's the way the cookie crumbles, Jordan. <laughs> um, but, so when I was an assistant, um, this woman came into our office, and she was dropped off by Julian Bonetta. Who, of course, being a publishing aficionado, <laughs> I recognized as the songwriter of... He wrote a ton of One Direction songs. And I was, like, fangirling over him, pretty much. And I saw her walk into our CEO's office. And I see her, like, frantically shoving, like, tickets into envelopes. And I'm working on the second floor, which is the same floor that she was working out of. And it was, like, 3 p.m. or 4 mm-hmm. p.m. or something. And I go up to her and I'm like, hi, um, 
I'm Danielle. I introduced myself. I just noticed that you haven't eaten yet. I was about to go grab a salad. Shut up. You are so cute. From Jones. Would you like me to get you something? And she's like, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Get her her salad. Get her an iced tea. Um, and she invites me to the show tonight. Still had no idea who she was. But she was Thomas Wright's manager. And she invited me to his show at the Greek. And I see her at the Greek. And we're talking. And then all of a sudden I pause. And she's like, what, what's wrong? I was like, I just saw Shania Twain. And she goes, you know who that is? I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Obviously. I don't know. I guess she didn't expect, like, California yeah. people to, like, know country people. But it's, like, Shania Twain. It's Shania Twain. So um, I was like, yeah, of course I know who that is. It's Shania Twain. She's yeah. a queen. She's everything. Um, so then I didn't speak to her for a year. And at our last Christmas party at Petite Taqueria... Ugh, I went there for dinner the other night. <laughs> um, I saw her, and she had since gotten married and since given birth to the most gorgeous child Oh, wait, in the is world. this Virginia? Yeah. Ugh, okay. Um, and I went up to her, and I was like, Virginia, congratulations. Like, do you remember me? Whatever. And um, she did. And then in January, when I came back to work, um, Jay, our CEO, was like, yeah, and somebody's trying to poach Daniela. And I was like, I promise, I've only been watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in bed all night. <laughs> I haven't been talking to people. I just got my dream job. Um, but turns out, Virginia, who is Jay's partner, um, called me and said, you know, I just have a good feeling about you. Do you want to come and meet the team in Nashville? I happened to be going to Nashville that week to visit um, our other company, Rhythm House, um, mm-hmm. and Jesse Frazier. And I was like, well, I'm coming next week. Like, let's just meet everybody. And so I walk into the office. It's like an ambush. It's the whole team. Shut it's Thomas Rudd. It's his dad. It's his you company. are so cool. I'm so <laughs> inadequate. I am so inadequate. And I fell in love with them. They're just like, they're, they're the most incredible team ever. And I'm so lucky to be working with them. I'm so thankful. Like, that's probably one of the number one things I'm the most thankful for is um, is home team and G major. They're incredible. Thomas yeah. Wright is genuinely the nicest person in the world. He's um, so cute. And I just want to make him in Virginia and his dad, Rhett, proud. Aww, so oh my God. I love them. Do you guys see why she's the coolest person that I know <laughs> and why I love her so much? Like, you're literally everything. No. No, you are. Just say thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. You are so welcome. Um, is that the end of the story? Is that it? That's how I got that job. But if you want to know what I do there. Yeah, let's hear it. So when I started, Thomas Rhett, he has a bunch of people signed to him to this publishing company. But the one thing that I'm also in charge of is his discography. I take songs that he writes that he doesn't think fits with his album and I'll pitch them to other artists. Okay. Or sometimes I'll just tell him to like send it to his artists because like, you know, what are the odds that the A&R is actually going to play the song for the artist? So it's like, might as well just right, have him text yeah. Florida Georgia Line right. the song. Right. Um, so I'll do that. But also when I started, he started going on tour in May or June. And I was in charge of this thing called a writer's bus. And basically he doesn't like, because he has a family. So he right. doesn't like working, or not working, he doesn't like um writing in Nashville 
Um, so he basically has this like recording studio on wheels and he invites his favorite songwriters and his favorite producers to come out on the road with him. So when he's bored and you know, you get to the venue at 9am, 8am, whatever you have breakfast, you're doing nothing. So might as well just write songs. So he writes songs all day and then he'll like work out and then he'll come back, write more songs and then he'll do sound check and then he'll come back, write more songs Mm -hmm. and then he'll change into his clothes, put on a show and then write more songs. Like before the band is even finished with their last note and the crowd is cheering for him, we'll get a text and sit from him and he's like hey guys i'm already on the bus where is everyone <laughs> you know the writer's like, bus yeah he's like such a hard worker and That's he loves so to cool. write and he's like a songwriter first right. before he was an artist you know he wrote like round here by florida georgia right. line so you um what did you do for the writer's bus like you like put like who watch producers and yeah basically it's in? just like coming up with suggestions of who should be, be on there. the bus and just making sure that they got they they arrive you know, they arrive on time you know and cool. the schedule's all right and whatever right. and i basically take all the songs that they did at the end of the trip and then i'll um log it into his library and do my thing and that's so yeah, cool just keep track of everything of all the activity that's happening on that bus that's so cool yeah all right it's been 51 minutes <laughs> yeah but it's like a lot of me being stupid no it's not I don't think no, it's really as much out, as it is. You're gonna no, cut I'm going to cut out it's only, only like 30, five. No, no, it's, it's gonna only going to be like five minutes. minutes. But either way, that is it from the one, the only Daniela. It is 6.30. We have got to go. And that's it. It's done. For all of you who have been requesting her, this was it. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Follow Daniela on Instagram. Feel free to... DM her any questions you have. Is that cool? Yeah, slide in there. Okay, slide in the DMs. Her Instagram is at nope, not Danielle, because her name is Daniela. It's very clever. Um, be sure to follow. <laughs> Nobody understands it, though. I do. <laughs> they always go, nope, not Danielle. No, it's nope, nope not, not Danielle. <laughs> and then my Instagram is at Jordan Rebecca. If you have issues finding Daniela's Instagram or whatever, you can Instagram me or Bitchwork Podcast to get in touch with her. Follow. Let me guys know. Let me know who you guys want to see next time on the podcast. Leave a review in the Apple Podcast Store. And that's it. Five stars, baby. Yeah, give me five Jordan stars. Jordan deserves nothing but five stars. Oh my God, thank you. You're my five star friend. Stop it. That's true. Oh, God. Thanks. Okay, that's it. Love you guys. Bye.